welcome to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Uh, it's been a while since I've been able to um, reach out to you guys. Uh, missed you. Hope, you. hope you've been doing well. Um, as I promised earlier in the week on Twitter that I would have a baseball-specific podcast. Uh, so if you're looking more for more football content, you can actually check out um, 863 underscore Seminole TV. I've appeared on uh, my buddy's uh, podcast uh, the last couple uh, weeks and uh, have given a lot of uh, thoughts on the football program there. Uh, good show, good content. So make sure you check that out. Subscribe to his channel. Um, but before we move into uh, any further, let me go ahead and shout out our sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, our partners over there continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You find all the latest odds, news, sports developments from the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, NFL futures. Um, continue to source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino poker games. Um, it's really easy to get started. Um, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So yeah, man, um, baseball um, just got knocked out of the ACC tournament on yesterday, which was Thursday against Notre Dame, uh, after destroying uh, number five seed Virginia the day before, run ruled them thirteen to three. Yesterday's game was, you know, typical FSU, um, you know, blow out somebody the day before, and then the next day, uh, you just can't get anything going. Um, overall, it was the difference in the game really was three Notre Dame home runs off of, off of Parker Messick and then FSU getting the bases loaded in the fourth inning with no outs and failing to score, which we have seen a few times, way too many times this year um, to be comfortable with. But I want to just kind of talk about the season in general. Um, you know, they will make the postseason. Probably they'll they'll probably play. Uh, over at Auburn as the number three seed. We, we'll find that out here in the next couple of days. But uh, they'll they'll definitely be in the postseason. And, you know, I've said it all year long. You know, they, they're going to depend on their starting pitching to to get the job done. And hopefully the, the offense will do enough to, to, to get by. Uh, you know, the problem with that is the starting pitching cannot have an off day. The margin of error is way too small with this offense, and that's why I haven't pegged them to do much this year at all. And that's something I said whenever they would pick to win win the ACC this year. You know, I felt strongly about the pitching, but again, I was like, "Where's the offense going to come from?" And looking at looking at this year compared to last year, last year they were twenty one and uh, I'm sorry, thirty one and twenty four. 2016 in the conference. Now that last year was a little different because, you know, it was all ACC games. So you got to, you got to add that into, to the equation a little bit. Last year hitting wise was, was abysmal at 241, um, a 355 on base percentage. They weren't really active on the base paths. Uh, they were 24 of 34 stolen bases and they struck out 32% of the time. Um, pitching wise, last year they had a 3.45 ERA, allowed 49 home runs. Fielding wise, they had 65 errors and a uh, 90.968 fielding percentage. So if we look at this year, you know, not much difference. Uh, 32 uh, and 22 regular season, 15 and 15 in the conference. 
So actually worse than uh, the previous year, although they played more, uh, you know, overall conference games. We did see an uptick in the uh, in the batting average at, you know, they hit 263 this year compared to 241. We saw a slight uptick in the on-base percentage so at 362 compared to 355 last year. They did do a better job of, of, of putting pressure on teams on the base paths. They were 43 of 58 on stolen bases uh, compared to 24 of 34 last year. Um, they struck out 29% of the time this year, which over the, I will admit over the last, man, probably 15 to 20 games, we have seen a decrease in the amount of strikeouts overall. It has gotten better. Uh, compared to earlier in the year. Earlier in the year, they were striking out um, at, at about the same clip as they were last year. So uh, we have seen we have seen an improvement, although a slight improvement uh, from the you know them striking out so much. Other other than mostly Alex Terrell, you know he's pretty much struggled with that all year. Pitching wise, we've we've seen an uptick uh, from the the pitchers. They have a four point oh eight ERA. Compared to last year's 345, uh, and one of the biggest differences in that uh, is home runs allowed. Um, FSU has allowed 68 home runs this year compared to uh, 49 last year. And fielding wise, you know, earlier in the year I felt like this team was a better, better fielding team. However, they have 66 errors. For a nine six eight fielding percentage compared to sixty five errors last year, for the exact same fielding percentage, and I, I spoke about this on Twitter the other day. You know, one of the biggest improvements we felt we would have would be Jordan Carrion coming over from Florida to play shortstop for Nander DeSantis. And the crazy thing is, Carrion was a much better addition at the plate um, compared to DeSantis. And the fielding percentage is almost exactly the same. Carrion has two fewer errors in the same amount of fielding opportunities compared to DeSantis last year. Now, one thing I will say is Carrion probably has has gotten to more. He has created more fielding opportunities with his range than what we would have gotten from DeSantis. So, you know, that's something to to take into account. But we have we have seen some errors that you know we just can't have just routine plays that we we gotta have made. Um, but I thought that was interesting. We we have pretty much the same fielding percentage as we had last year. You know, so looking at looking at the team this year, we had you know some freshmen come in and and play really well. Jaime Ferreira, James Tibbs, those guys were were really good as freshmen this year. Um, Jaime is hitting over three hundred. Uh, Tibbs is was over 300, I think, yesterday or the last couple of games. He's dipped uh, to 298, um, but still really good as a freshman. And uh, we we saw uh, Brett Roberts come over from the transport portal, and he's he was man he was struggling there at one point in the season, and we saw we've seen him really kick it up a notch uh, over the last say quarter or third of the season, and now he's hitting over 300. And of course, I mentioned Carry On and what he he brought to the table. And the inter- interesting thing with Carry On is, you know, he was struggling mightily at the plate. He kind of was what we thought he would be at the plate earlier in the year, you know, hitting a little over two hundred, you know, gap hitter, you know, so forth and so on. But man, he's really th- therefore stretch. He was he was the hottest 
hottest hitter on the team and he carried them um a few games and so you know looking at looking at what meat has done you know you got to give him credit for uh jaime tibbs you know bringing in roberts and and carry on you know, he brought in terrell from miami and terrell has you know he leads the team in home runs but he has been invisible for large, large portions of of the season and has, you know, failed in some huge, huge moments at the plate to, to drive in runs. Uh, uh, you know, so and he 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 has not been great at first base. There's been a lot of plays where I felt like he should have made and he just he just didn't for whatever reason. You know, so all in all, you got to give me credit, although the the overall numbers, you know, there there there's some improvement. Like I said, you know, the batting average is up a little bit. On base percentage is roughly the same. They they are better at stealing bases. Strikeouts have gone down a little bit. The pitching, you know, has aside from Messick and and Hubbard has been and and Crowell out of the bullpen and Connor Whitaker. Everybody else has kind of been up and down all year, and they have some games that they've wasted uh, excellent starts from Parker Messick. They have some some games where you know they had the game won, but the bullpen bullpen blew the opportunities, and you know that's going to happen with baseball. But it felt I felt like they left way too many way too many wins on the table this year. For whatever reason, whether it was, you know, just missed opportunities at the plate against lesser teams, uh, you know, failed opportunities from the bullpen, uh, just games where they just didn't show up at all, you know, like the North Carolina series. And so what I kind of want to look at is, you know, I know, I know a lot of people are, are, you know, fans of meat and, and then you have the other side of the coin where people like fire him immediately. Um, I had made a statement on Twitter. I think it was after the Boston College loss, where I, you know I said, "Hey, I, I've seen enough. Uh, I don't think I don't think he's the guy to get FSU, you know, to competing for national titles to get them elite again." And and looking at you know the last, you know, this is his third season. This is, I guess, really his. I'm I'm going to say this is his second full season. I'm counting last year, although they played more ACC games. Um, because you know they did they did play a full season for the most part and had a postseason, so you you got to count that. And so, looking at last year and this year, I mean they are roughly the same team. Um, like I said, the record's pretty much the same. Hitting wise, they had a lot of the same flaws. You know, they hit for less power this year compared to last year. Um, like, again, a, a way too many strikeouts, even though they did decrease that a little bit. Fielding wise, you know, again, you is still roughly the same. Um, although I I would say they're slightly better defensively, although the stats say they're roughly the same. Again, you got to give uh, meet credit for Jaime Tibbs and getting Carry On and Roberts in the transfer portal. But looking at next year's team, you know, if you if you're on the you know meet is the guy train, this is what you have to look at. FSU is not going to have the pitching next year that they've had the last two or three years, right? You know, they're going to lose Messick, probably Herbert, um, and some other arms. And so even if they go and just, you know, get 
top guys from the portal or the best guys available from the portal, you're probably not going to find another Parker Messick out there. Not in the portal anyway. And you're probably not going to get another Bryce, so forth and so on. So if you know that pitching was the strength of this year's team and they still barely won 30, you know, 32 games, you know, and the offense has struggled mightily the past couple of years, you got to ask yourself, are you going to be comfortable this time next year if we have pretty much the same team or a worse team than we had have had the last couple of years? And I know people are, are pointing towards, you know, meets, recruiting, and all that good stuff, you know, but the thing is, you know, meet has been an FSU for good Lord, how long? And, you know, it's kind of like I've compared him to Jimbo Fisher taking over for Bobby Bowden a little bit, you know, whenever you're, you're in the program and you, you've been there and you take over in that situation, you should already have an idea of what the issues are and it shouldn't take as long to address those issues. And I know we had the COVID season and all that good stuff, but and the problem with this team has been, you know, a lack of hitting. The hitting hasn't been anywhere close to what it used to be back in the day. And Mita is supposed to be an offensive guy. So you got to take that into consideration. And you got to say, well, the guys that are on the team right now, you know, who recruited them? There you go. And so, again, you can point to Jaime, you can point to Tibbs and say, okay, well, those are two freshmen that came in and played well. And hopefully FSU can bring in some 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 guys from the portal next year and some talented freshmen that can come in and replicate that. You know, the only problem is it's tough to count on freshmen to, to carry the load in that fashion. It's, you know, it doesn't happen that often. And so the biggest question is, you know, how long, you know, if, if you have, if you feel like meat is the guy, you have to say, well, what is it going to change in the next year or two to get him over the hump, to give him, to give you that confidence that, you know, FSU can get back to winning 40 games a year and then making the postseason, hosting the regional and then going to Omaha. Because right now I don't really see anything pointing FSU in that direction, especially considering the pitching arms that they're about to lose. I mean, if you can't win with the arms that they have had uh, over the past two or three years, um, you know, and then looking at the way the offense has performed, that's kind of why I've been really pessimistic about uh, the future with meat and looking at, looking at how the season has gone this is what I've been saying the whole year, you know, early in the season, I was real critical of the team, how, how many times they were striking out all of the, you know, base running blunders, the failing to execute in situation, situational hitting. And none of that has really gotten any better. And this is meets third year. Right. And so you have to kind of look at it and say, well, why is that? You know, yes, yes, you have to have talent to, to hit the ball and, and all that good stuff. But a lot of the stuff that we see them failing at executing a bunt, this fundamental baseball and it rarely happens. Situational baseball, 
a runner on second with no outs. How many times have they failed to score this year? Bases loaded, no outs. How many times have they failed to score this year? You know, so those are things that, that are that are concerning. And then the other thing you look at and you say, well, me, it's, 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 we are in the postseason and meat is still tinkering with a lineup. There are guys that still have roles that are not etched in stone. Now, he's found a few things that have worked. Crowell coming out of the bullpen, been lights out for the most of the part all year. Connor Whitaker has been really good in long relief as a as a freshman and who I believe should should be starting. He should be a mid midweek starter, Sunday starter. Uh, all that all that kid does is come in, throw strikes, and get people out. Why hadn't why hasn't that happened this year? Why hasn't he been given an opportunity this year? He's he's proven over and over and over that he he can come in and get guys out. FSU has not had a Sunday starter for like eighty percent of the year. Ross Dunn, you know, he had a couple of really good starts, and then for whatever reason, he just fell apart. Carson Montgomery, you know, he he showed some promise early in the year, showed some progression, but whenever they moved him to Sundays, it just fell apart. He has been inconsistent ever since then. Both of those guys have been pretty decent coming out of the bullpen, though. So why why there's still so many questions about this team in the roles whenever I mean, it shouldn't take this long for that for that to take place. You know, Brock Mathis. Brock Mathis has been a decent hitter all year. And why hadn't he gotten more opportunities? Especially with um, the way Alex Terrell was struggling. I mentioned this, man, probably midway part of the year. I was like, I would sit Terrell and put Mathis at first. And everybody was like, well, has he ever played first? It, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I mean, all you got to do is catch the ball for the most part. And his bat, you know, he does strike out a lot. But at the same time, if you're not getting a lot of at-bats, you know, and you're just getting spot at-bats here and there, of course you're going to strike out more. It's hard to have a rhythm when you're not playing every day. You know, so you have to take that into consideration for, for, for Mathis as well. So that's kind of where I am with this program. This program right now, you know, they could, in a regional, with the starting pitching they have, you know, win two games in a row in advance. And the problem with this team, though, is if they don't win the first two games, that third game is, hey, more than likely they're going to take a nail because they have not had the third starter that they needed all year. They don't They don't have anybody dependable that you know, hey, they're going to go out there and get you five or six innings. Yeah, they may give up two or three runs, but, you know, usually that, that is happening in the first inning on Sundays for this team. And, you know, they're, they're a team that they're not built to come from behind. They don't have, they don't hit for a lot of power. They struck out too much. And um, they don't do a good job of, of just getting on base. And that's the other thing too, when we'll go back to hitting wise, you know, whenever, whenever you're looking at teams from FSU back when the hitting was elite, their own base percentage was around 400. You know, it hadn't, it hadn't been anywhere close to that. You know, so, and again, batting average is something, you know, that, that can be fool's, fool's goal sometime. But 
on base percentage is the, is the really important stat. You know, if guys are not getting on base, um, you know, that's that's a problem. And they're they're just streaks or, or just gaps in a game where FSU can't even sniff getting on base, right? And then also you got to look at it this way. If you look at FSU's pitching staff, yes, it's it's among they have some of the best arms in the nation. And when you look at other teams, other teams are making adjustments to what FSU brings to the man. For instance, Notre Dame game. This was the what third, third or fourth time Notre Dame has seen Parker Messick. He dominated them earlier in the year in April. Yesterday, they were hitting rockets. Same guy FSU faced, uh, Bertrand from uh, Notre Dame. He dominated FSU in early April. He matched Parker Messick for the most part. Yesterday, he dominated FSU again. Now, they did hit a couple balls really hard right at people, but for the most part, you know, there were there were no adjustments to what he what he does. That's a problem. That's a problem. It's something that we have continuously seen throughout the year. It's almost like I can look in a I can look in an, an opposing pitching staff before they play and pretty much tell you, you know, it's all about matchups anyway. If if FSU's offense is facing a guy that you know throws hard and has a slider or or a really good changeup, you can go ahead you can go ahead and count them out for the most part. You know, that's what we've seen all year. Guys that don't, you know, are in that 89 to 90 range and and guys that are around the plate but they don't have a a, a plus pitch to to get get someone out, you know, a, a nasty slider or a changeup something like that. You know, they put the ball in play and they score some runs here and there, but you know, them scoring 13 runs against Virginia the last time they had scored 10 runs this year was against uh, Boston College, whose pitching staff sucks. You know, and then moving and then moving beyond that, let me look at it here. I'm just, um, let's see, they scored 10 runs against James Madison, uh, Florida Gulf, Gulf Coast, Bethune Cookman, NC State. And I'm scrolling, 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 scrolling. Louisville, they scored 10 runs. TCU, 10 runs. Boston College, and then against Virginia. So, you know, they're among the the the, the conference worst as far as runs scored, number of hits. There are teams that have doubled the amount of home runs that FSU has. So... Moving forward, the, the, one of the biggest questions I have is, what, what is this offense going to do? How is this offense going to improve? Is is Meek going to hire a, a, a batting coach? Um, that is that has been the biggest issue with this team. They just have not been able to hit. And then the next question is, who are going to be the next set of arms to come in to try to give you what Messick um, Bryce and those guys are giving you over the last two or three years. You know, you've struggled with those arms on the roster. If you don't have those arms, what's going to happen? Coupled with the offense. You know, 
yes, recruiting could be on 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 an uptick, but how long is how many seasons is it going to take to get FSU to where they need to be? Can those players be developed? Because there, you know, there are times this year where the way Meek, you know, toggled the, the the lineup and all that, you know, like I said, there's guys that should have been playing that that were not given opportunities. You know, you can't develop unless you get opportunities. So, you know, that's kind of where we are as a program. Like I said, I, I have made I made my statement against uh, after the Boston College uh, opening series loss. Like I said, I've I've seen enough. I um I I don't believe Meade is the guy that can get us to the next where we need to be. I hope I hope I'm wrong. And I think next year probably will pretty much tell you answer that question fully or not. Going into next year though, again, you're not gonna have the arms that you had. And then offensive wise, how is that gonna improve? Okay. So I'm gonna just leave it at that. Uh, let you guys ponder on it. Hit me uh, on Twitter at KHChopChat. Let me know what you think. Um, as far as what I presented, if you're a baseball fan. And um, now that's pretty much all I have, man. Um, this actually went probably longer than I thought it would for a you know, baseball-specific podcast. But um, hopefully, you know, they they make a run in the postseason. And um, I look forward to, to watching them play. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you check out um, BetOnline.ag. Appreciate you guys' support. And um, look forward to talking to you guys soon. Go Nose. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.